0: Don't you just love it when you can confidently say that someone has your back? Hi, Dave Lee here, and that's the feeling I have with UCARE. Anytime I call them up with a Medicare question, I know without a doubt that a real person will answer, and they will work through my issues no matter how long it takes, and they won't hang up until I completely understand what's going on. Their people and customer service are second to none, and it's why UCARE has people-powered health plans. Don't hesitate to reach out to UCARE for help. Learn more at UCARE.org Medicare. This paid endorsement brought to you by UCARE. Today on my first concert,
1: and so it's like, well, what's next? I don't know. You know, you live in Minneapolis in the cities, and I live in Iowa in the middle of nowhere. What's going to happen now? And and then Bob announced a summer tour, another ballpark tour with Willie Nelson, and so we met up again. And I picked her up in Albert Lee and we drove to Cedar Rapids, and then we drove to Schaumburg, Illinois, and then we drove to Saint Paul, and we went to more shows. And by the end of it, we're like, well, where does this leave us? Like, we like going to Bob Dylan concerts together, but like, are we only hitting it off because we like going to Bob Dylan concerts together? (laughs) Or is there something here?
0: This is my first concert. Dave Lee, your host, Davide, your producer, and we continue our conversation regarding the new book called Bob Dylan in Minnesota. Two of the authors are with us again this week. We had so much to talk about that we made them come back this week to talk more about Bob Dylan. It's a fascinating read, by the way, available at bookstores everywhere. Or you can go online, of course, and look for it. Just simply call Bob Dylan in Minnesota. It's written by Mark Perkansky and Matt Steichen, and they're our guests. It's brought to you by UCare. It's also brought to you by the Minnesota Propane Association. We're broadcasting from the Aquarius Homeservices.com studio. Also brought to you by the Chan Hassan Dinner Theaters. And by StarBank.net. Mark and Matt, let's continue the story of Bob Dylan's early years when he went from Hibbing over to Fargo, and he was known as Elston Gunn. What can you tell us about that? Yeah, that ain't Elston Gunn. Who the hell is Elston Gunn? Anyway, we can edit this part out, David. No, but keep it in. It's awesome. Do you do, <laughs> Have you done any research on Elston Gunn and all that sort of thing?
1: Yeah, well, I, mean, I think I know the basic story that, you know, Bobby V took over on the Winter Dance Party. Uh, in you know, that winter, I guess that was in February. And so that summer, Bob was out of high school, graduated from Hibbing in May. And then he kind of had a lost year and a half there that is never mentioned in in very many biographies. Mm-hmm. He didn't head straight to New York. He headed uh, to Fargo and he got in with Bobby V's guys and played a couple of concerts. And they said that he could only play in the key of C. And that he really liked to do hand claps. So they played the two shows together. And, and Bobby V said, what's this new guy doing? Because he came up to the mic next to Bobby V and started doing, <laughs> you know, doing the hand claps. Yeah. And it turned out that, you know, they liked having him around and everything. He had a good attitude. But uh, a lot of the halls either didn't have pianos or just had old out of tune pianos. Right. And, they, and they couldn't bring their own piano along. So Bob didn't really end up uh, fitting in there. So he played a couple of shows. And actually, were you at the show in 2013 at Midway Stadium? when he played a bobby v tribute no
2: i I, I, what's the song she's my uh suzy baby so it was late in the concert wow bobby
1: v came and saw bob in 2013 a couple years before he died yeah and they talked backstage before the show and And then bob went out and said uh um uh what did he say exactly he said uh, i lived here a while back and since that time i played all over the world with all kinds of people everybody from mick jagger to madonna but the most meaningful person that I've ever been on the stage with was a guy who was here tonight. He used to sing a song called "Susie Baby. So maybe you can show your appreciation. Bobby V is actually here tonight. Wow. So show your appreciation with a round of applause. And then he said, which is really interesting, he said, we're going to try to do this song like I've done it with him before once or twice. So he actually <laughs> mentioned up there. <laughs> he mentioned his time <laughs> as Elston Gunn. Yeah, so he <laughs> talked about when he used to be Elston Gunn in 2013. God.
0: Yeah. Very yeah, interesting. Bobby V. Hell of a talent. Oh, what a nice 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 man. And his boys, of course, continue to be in in the music business. The Villeen boys. Yeah. Yeah. Wow.
2: That's where he learned it. Isn't that something? Minnesota.
0: Wow. Well, we're talking... (laughs) Folks, the book has much more than we're (laughs) going to get into here, because there's a lot to talk about. Mark Perkansky, Matt Steichen are the authors. Bob Dylan in Minnesota. More on that in just a second here as we continue on my first concert. By the way, our thanks to Propane, Minnesota Propane Association, for bringing the show to you. And one of the things you should think about is if you're prepared for power outages at your home or business. You know, the North American Electric Reliability Corporation has issued its highest alert ever. And the Minnesota Propane Association wants you to know that installing a propane generator is going to ensure peace of mind when that power goes out. It never goes out at a good time, right? Also, the same propane that powers your generator you can also power all your major appliances in your house. You may not have known that with on-site stored energy, and that, by the way, is independent of the grid. So, installing propane appliances instead of electric appliances in your home or business, it's going to reduce the size and cost of a generator as well. So, you can imagine, think about it, running all those gas appliances at one time versus picking and choosing which electric ones to run during a power outage. Reliable, affordable, safe propane. There's a lot to learn about this energy for everyone at their website. So I'd find out more. I think you'll be quite impressed about not only the generators and propane appliances, but all the things it means just for uh, our environment. Go to propane.com. All right, uh, the uh, blood on the tracks by the way, has a good Minnesota you mentioned earlier has a good Minnesota connection, doesn't it?
2: Lots <clears throat> Lots of, in there on blood on the tracks because I actually worked with some the, the session guys, did some concerts with many concerts with them. Two chapters I wrote about that in here. Two chapters about Blood on the Tracks are in here written by me. One is about how the guys got together, the the session men, in December of 74. For the record, that's the only professional studio session that's ever been on a Bob Dylan album to this day that got released. That will go down in history. And to me, it's my favorite session that ever happened in this town. Not saying the print stuff and all that, but we had a lot of good stuff. And that happened at Sound 80. And uh, how the, so I wrote a chapter about how those guys came together and recorded the five songs, half the album that ended up on the album. And, you know, the story was they didn't get credit and they got right. full credit in 2018. I kind of yeah. helped them promote that and get full, fully credited and got everything that they deserved And because those five tracks are incredible. Then I wrote a set, uh, chapter about what they did after that al- uh, album. They all stayed as musicians in their lives and the, the gigs they did. So I wrote a whole chapter about that, too. You mentioned, um, you mentioned we blood. lost two of the guys recently. Yeah, there's another book coming out by Paul Metz t- detailing that story. Uh, he authored it's called Blood in the Tracks, so oh, that's wow. coming out. I did not know that. Yeah, he, they went on his Wall of Power TV show and they we uh they reunited there. We was that, Kevin uh, Odegaard part of that? Yes, Kevin yeah. Odegaard, the break man. Yep, and he was and he's uh did he
0: marry Bob's sister? Uh,
2: no. nope, that's Peter Himmelman. You're thinking, oh, of. that's who I'm thinking of. Peter Himmelman, <laughs> another yeah, th- Peter Himmelman lived behind me.
0: In oh Saint no! Rose kidding? Park. Yes. 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 Another accomplished yeah. artist. He met
2: Bob at my house first time. Is then, that right? Then later on, he uh, got hooked up with his daughter Maria by Louis Kemp, buddy of another buddy of Bob's. He introduced them, and they got married. And yeah, that's a lot of Peter Himmelman stories. We can do that next. <laughs> we'll do that next, next, <laughs> next yeah, episode. He's yeah, the, he's the son sure. of mine, yeah. <laughs> Oh, you'll. Oh, then you'll. I can. You. you he's probably glad to do it. I'm sure. He comes yeah. to town a lot, and he's been around a long time. And then, Let me know if. Game, but I have John personal, Fields knows him too. Yeah, yeah, I have a personal connection with uh, blocking the tracks. Which Tell me, is, uh, Billy Peterson. Yes, yes. And Greg Inhofe. Yeah, Greg Enhoffer. Yeah. Yes. I, uh, I worked with Greg on with two or three clients of mine, and uh, and then with the Petersons, of course. Yes, played bass on that album. Incredible, Billy. Yep, Billy. Did. Yeah, yep. Peterson family is incredible. They're the, the what do they call them the the, the Carter family of the Twin Cities. They no, were makes sense. They were. Patty Peterson was in a lot of our shows. We did these tr- tribute shows. So Patty Peterson, a voice, amazing. She sang Forever yeah. young, every year,
0: and it was just mind blowing. But Billy, soon.
2: Billy plays on that album. Yes, Yep. Uh,
0: you mentioned what? Prince. Let's just go back to that for a yep. minute. Uh, Bob wanted to meet Prince. I've heard you tell this story. Yeah, he was. He wanted. Did he asked your mom to set that up. Or?
2: Yeah, he asked my mom. He asked Marty Keller. He asked my, his friend Louis, uh, Larry Keegan to do it. And then he gave up. <laughs> like, Prince just <laughs> wouldn't do it. He was yeah, just maybe the timing wasn't right, or you know, but they're kind didn't... of two different kinds of uh, eras, and you know, and, and Prince had that Minneapolis sound, you know, and I'll go down on record saying, "There's no one going to be more famous in Minneapolis than Prince." He is going to go down yep. in his history, dead or alive, as Bob. You know, Bob's a whole different entity, a whole different ball game, but Prince, you just can't. You know, how talented, Bob thought he was, uh, couldn't believe how talented he was. And was the Prince guy could play every instrument. He said, to you know, he just said, amazing. And I, you know, and then he went to see his Purple Rain tour show and he was in awe of it, you know, during all that hype. And, you know, he caught that. And Was Prince intimidated by Bob? You know, I don't know. I mean, I could
0: see that. I could Most see Most artists probably are, don't you think? Yeah, I think maybe
2: you know, I don't know, like what's in their minds. Maybe he was a little. What you was know? his
0: response when he was
2: asked? He told Marty Keller in the book that I was talking about, "I, I, I can't deal with that mind." And then later on, he told my mom that Alan Leeds, to call back to said, I, "I'm not ready to match minds with Bob." So it's a compliment. I think I yeah, I was yeah. <laughs> It was like I don't know so. I don't know. And I, I, they may, I, I do believe they met somewhere. I don't know. We got to research that if they actually met because I thought they were at a party or something. And they didn't kind of, t- I don't know. But it just, timing wasn't right. I mean, can imagine the album they would have made or a song oh, they would have, Bob's lyrics, Prince's music. I mean.
0: And you were involved in the mural downtown, weren't yes, you? Yes, I helped consult mural. that.
2: I love that. I helped uh, do that. There's a lot of stories with that. There was originally one, the first one on the left was a smoking bob. Uh we can't have them smoking on hennepin avenue five stories tall (laughs) okay so that you know and i helped uh, cobra eduardo cobra was the brazilian who came here they did that in 10 days cover to cover that's 10 days that's amazing i didn't know that yeah and they stayed on site eating bananas that's what they lived on and painted and painted and painted they had five people working on it so uh, the, then the draft came back and it was all red, white, and blue color. It looked like a Springsteen kind of thing. So they changed that. And so I just kind of advised all that. And then I sent the information over and Bob was maybe going to, they wanted Bob to maybe do a, a sing times that are changing because that's what the title of the, of the mural is called. Bob Dylan's name is not on it because you don't put their name on it or you could get in trouble. Yeah. He didn't have, obviously it was funded by the Hennepin Theater Trust. So it, I think it's one of the wonders of the world. I think it's the greatest mural I've ever seen. I mean, if you it see is a it, great mural. You see it and you look up, it's just it's mind blowing. And even the pictures don't do it justice. I mean, it's five stories tall. It's it, it, and it's on Hennepin Avenue, right in the heart of our whole city. And it's wonderful. And it happened over a 10-day period in September of 15. And they they uh they were talking of him to do the Prince one. They wanted to hire him now. we have a Prince one.
0: Yeah, yeah. Not too but far away.
2: They went with another artist for that. So we got matching murals downtown Minneapolis. Yeah, it's kinda of
0: neat. Not too yeah. with First Avenue kind of in between them. Yes. Uh, Matt, is there a best concert that Dylan ever said? I mean, is there, is anybody, well, I'd be anxious to hear it from you because you've done the research on this, but is there? Is there a best?
1: Well, I'll, I'll answer this in two ways. One is kind of the consensus performance-wise, uh, and for me, one of the best is uh, in Nara, Japan in 1994, he went and participated in this thing called the Great Music Experience, and he only played for 20, 25 minutes and played three or four songs. Um, but, you know, the vocals on that performance to me stand out. And then uh, as far as the rest of the NeverEnding Tour, 1988 to present, I think 1995 was a huge peak. And a lot of the shows he played from 1999 to 2001 were a great peak. Um You know, people, you know, you have that hypothetical, if you could travel back in time and see a show, a lot of people would say 1966 or 1975. But for me, I would go to a mid-1990s never-ending tour show, those shows that I just missed because I was a, you know, a 10-year-old kid Mm -hmm. with no access to concerts. But if I could go back, I'd go see a 1990s show. Personally, I think he was on top of his game performance-wise. He had his amazing catalog and he was playing, you know, songs from every era, you know, of his career. And I think those uh, shows are just amazing performance wise. But as far as I I can only speak for what I've seen. And for me, there was one show that sticks out above the rest. And uh, that is in 2001 uh, in Sioux City, Iowa, of all places. Um, It was my senior year of high school, the week before the state cross-country meet. And Bob played the Orpheum Theater, 2,500 seat theater with perfect acoustics. I'd only seen him play uh two arena shows and the state fair grandstand before that so it was a small intimate arena show and it was his first tour promoting love and theft after 9 11. so he was playing uh it almost felt like bob comforts america by celebrating the roots music of america playing bluegrass and blues and swing music And so his Bob Dylan's version of all those different genres, and he was playing spirituals uh, kind of uplifting music, wait for the light to shine and searching for a soldier's grave. Um, And like I said, it's from 2001. So the performance quality is amazing. The sound quality is amazing. Um, Some of the songs are even on some of like the best of compilations from that year. Sugar baby don't think twice. It's all right. Mommy, you've been on my mind are highly regarded as some of the best performances of those songs. Um, But for me, what, lifts it over the top happened at the end of the show, because as the encore lights went down, you know, an hour and a half into the show, we were about in the 20th row on the floor. And my dad said, hey, let's just try to go down to the front. And, and so we snuck down into the right side aisle and went all the way to the front and they didn't kick us out. So that was my first time seeing Bob from 10 feet away. Uh, And we were there for the whole encore. Um, And there was this woman you know, in the middle with a bouquet of yellow flowers, holding them up at Bob and saying, like, hey, Bob, come here, like gesturing at him, like, come get the flowers. And after he sang Blown in the Wind to close the show, he went up and took the flowers from the lady in the front row over to our left. And then he crouched down and went across the entire front row high fiving everybody. Wow. And he gave me a high five. Oh, and that's, you know, if you follow Bob's night tonight, he doesn't no. do that. No, you no, know, he's not. He interacting. Hardly talks, right? I mean, right. I mean, if you go to enough shows, you hear him, he talks if he has something specific to say, right. but he doesn't do banter. And I absolutely respect that. Um, so that was like, uh, you know, magic. It was like something that I could not believe would ever happen. And I think it's only happened once or twice since then. I think it wow. happened like in London in like 2013, a very rare thing to happen. So when I, for me to, to experience that when I was 18 and just getting into his music, you know, that was like a lifetime highlight, something that I could not believe ever happened. So no kidding. That was that might have been the night that put me over the edge, where I knew that Bob Dylan was going to be part of my life the rest, the rest of the way.
0: Was tangled up in blue, Minnesota related,
2: written wise or recorded wise? It was recorded at the sessions, and that's what Kevin Odegaard's playing on. And it was, uh, it's still being rewritten. You know, he re- that's I got a story in the book about that. He even he rewrote it and he quoted a thing I had on a business card <laughs> about masters of illusion.
0: Oh wow! He,
2: so uh, that song where he wrote it, you mean, Dave? Is that what? You yeah, mean I did? just I, yeah,
0: something. Was, I thought there was some I kind of Minnesota connection to that song, but maybe that's the it, rec- where it was recorded.
2: Yeah. yeah. Can I ask you a question? Where did you see him live? Have you seen him live?
0: Yeah. Um, you tell us. Well, I the I saw him at um, XL Energy Center, and he the opening act. If I remember right, was the Goo Goo Dolls doing an acoustic set. Dave Grohl? Yeah, it would have been 2006. Foo Fighters. I mean, Foo Fighters, yeah. (laughs) Jeez, forgive me. The Foo Fighters. Yeah, because Dave Grohl. Because Dave Grohl, it was almost like he was just like a little kid. That was the Modern Times tour. They were opening for Dylan. Cool. And and so I know we go back to him and Prince trying to meet, but I can't even imagine the number of artists through the years that have wanted to meet Bob Dylan. Hey, by the way, uh, a sizzling August. We've had it. I don't want to let the heat overwhelm you this summer, or even this fall. So Aquarius Home Services right now has an unbeatable deal where you can get an incredible $98 off any AC repair. So ask them about that. The other thing I would do that I've done consistently with these guys at Aquarius Home Services is improve your indoor air quality like never before. This summer, we've had all that air quality issues with the fire, forest fires from Canada and all sorts of things. But they can get you up to $400 off whole home air purification systems. I did it. I, I have allergies. So if allergies or coughing or congestion or are just a struggle for you, it might be time for one of these systems and say goodbye to the contaminants like dust and dirt, pollen, dander, bacteria. We can go on smoke that we've had the dust, mites. Uh, there's much more, as you are well aware, I'm sure. But I know Aquarius believes in earning the right to be recommended, and I wouldn't tell you about them unless I've been working with them for over two decades now at least. I, know, I remember when Jeff started the business years ago. They're just a click away. These accomplished artists, whether it be the Beatles, who you know made a big deal out of meeting yeah. Bob Dylan. yeah, That was a big day for him. He them. got them all uh, on the, yeah. on the <laughs> yeah, talking that. about that. But I can't imagine the artists, it's same as you, man. They met Bob Dylan. I bet they remember everything about it.
1: Yeah, well, that's a heavy burden for him to carry. I can only imagine what it's like where every time you meet someone in passing, walk, you know, walk by him, have a short conversation. It's like the most memorable thing that's ever happened to them. So they have all these expectations. Of yeah. What yeah. am I going to say to him? What is he going to say to me? Yeah. I mean, it's got to be very stressful so I can understand why he prefers to try to, you know, live at least a semblance of a normal life, you know. And he said that ninety nine percent of his life, His fame is unaffected by his fame. And I mean, he set his life up that way to where he can be around friends and family, where he doesn't have to have those awkward interactions with people all the time. And that's understandable.
2: He survived all the fame, you know, and handles it very well. And he's still right there on top. He's gonna he's touring, gonna line up some fall dates. He's touring his sounds as good as ever. He met some, he's playing he has a new album that came out a few years ago. He did nine songs out of ten of them live. No other artist can get away with that and be good at it. You know, he's just—he's above it all.
0: You, you know all. him well. How would you? I describe know him well. How one thing I can tell you: him?
2: one cool thing about him—he's a very down-to-earth guy. Regular he's Eccentric guy. and fun, and I love being in his company. And he's just an amazing guy. And he's everything you'd think he'd be. You know, and he's—but he's a human being. He's Midwestern. He doesn't like when you. There's one thing I'll tell you: no one knows. He don't like when you come, hey Dylan. If you see him, hey Dylan. <laughs> he don't really like that. He wants hi Bob. Yeah. Shake his hand. He has his. Little limp handshake you don't <laughs> want to shake hands much but call him bob like you know him like you'd call anybody else you don't walk up to somebody and say hey stike and hey Prakansky, uh, get over here you know <laughs> how <laughs> kind of intro is that right <laughs> hey lee hey <laughs> right so uh, that's why he's, he's, he's in person you know i i talk about in the book he'd do this big tours year after year he'd come home he'd rest here and you he wouldn't
0: even know he did it you know it reminds me of and robert just- the actor robert duvall yes he'd, uh, he'd say well robert and he'd stop you it's Bobby. Don't call me <laughs> there Robert. You there you was, go. And he was his Bob down to earth. Sounds kind of like the Dylan thing. There you go.
2: Yeah. Yes. So he's a wonderful guy and he's, you know, human and walks the earth like all of us. He's just very good in art, music, literature. Yep. He was skilled at that, no question about it. And he had some good teachers in uh, Hibbing. Yeah. B.J. some. He had a good upbringing. My mom always said, well, he was very good in English. You know, yeah. and he sure was. And put it all together and very innovative.
0: Yeah. And I think Matt, you brought up a good point. When we meet our stars, whoever they may <laughs> may be, you we have certain expectations. And you're right. A lot of times that's unfair. And you're just They're people. They're people. Yeah. And they get, can have good days and bad days. Yeah. Yeah. So i
2: you know, a lot of good students. And I remember the ones who were mean, kind of autographing and whatnot. You know, they get out of the spotlight if you want to give an autograph, you know? It's right. like, and then there's others who are such wonderful people. Pete yep. Townsend, A plus on him. Really? Nicest guy. Yeah. Down to Talk to you. I got Pete and Bob stories I can tell next me. Well, well, no, fire one off <laughs> yeah, here, Mark. But, but uh, uh, wonderful guy. And some of them, you know, I, I did go to this. Uh, maybe you guys could help me with this or your fans out there. I saw many concerts in the 70s at a supper club here. It wasn't the Carlton. I saw Scarlett Rivera there. I got a story about her when I was 11 years old. We went to see her, and Rick Danko played there. Rick and I don't Danko. know the name of the place. Nobody can tell me the name. My mom's out here to tell me. She didn't remember, but it was a supper club, and all the bands, everybody played there. And I think it was in Minneapolis. It might have been somewhere near downtown. There's
0: somebody yelling at the podcast right now going, come on. Oh, I had such and such. Yeah. Scarlett
2: Rivera in 1977, her first tour here. Rick Danko, many others played there. What's the name of the place? And you know, I hung out at the Longhorn Bar, and I hung out at Duffy's because my mom was friends with them. The yeah. owners, Hartley Frank and Dan Johnson on Duffy. So I was underage going to these shows. Sure. So by the time I was legal to drink and go, I, I care less. You know, I, I, they
0: <laughs> right. let me in.
2: So I just don't let these underage kids drink in here. You know, we saw all the bands, you know. And but how really, great
0: that your mother would take you with to these shows. Loved, how, so yeah, who, who, t- who, you get Bo Diddley to call you a night. <laughs> you're meeting Pete Townsend. Have you I, met a lot of these people? Yes, I've
2: met, I've met a lot over the years. i uh I was at a party of Madonna's in New York that was incredible. They were like in things in bathtubs. And I was at serotica Book. And oh, yeah, wow. I ended up being friends with Rosie O'Donnell after that. And uh, different. Uh, I met a lot of them through the years. You know, we'd see the show. But the thing is with Hartley Frank would cater the bands back in the day. It's not even like that anymore. I don't think they even do this anymore. So we'd uh, we would go to the show backstage. I did magic show backstage for The Who. You know, I'm doing shows. I'm playing pinball with the pinball wizard. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Road pinball They that. had pinball machines back there, and they were playing. And I'm looking at him. You know, I was a little kid, and and they are the Who was wonderful people. All of them, Roger Daltrey, nice, and um, you know, and you remember them. I and I saw all these big tours growing up, and we'd hang out. And then we go to the hotel Sofitel was the spot. Oh where, yeah, where we'd go for the late night Byerleys, uh, 24 hours. We had nowhere <laughs> else to go. We were too <laughs> wired up to go home. You know, after all this, so and it was all good fun. You know, there were great times and great days, and I met a lot of different ones through the years. Here and there. Yeah. None as good as Bob or <laughs> as big no, as Bob. Well. As giant as him. But uh, in terms of the, uh, yeah, and my family owned a nightclub. So we met a lot there, too. The
0: Flames Flame Girl, yeah. yeah. Willie
2: Nelson played there in the 60s. Patsy Cline. Wow.
0: Was he probably but, be, maybe little Willie Nelson at the time? Remember, for would, a while, he, he was looked, little Willie. They yeah. He didn't look Willie.
2: like a, a whiskey bottle at one point. <laughs> he looked like a young man. Yeah. <laughs> Young, clean-shaven when he started out. Yeah. He was writing songs for Patsy Cline, yep. was it, or something? Yep. Pat, yeah, a lot of them. He looked like a wholesome I don't know if he was on It He probably was on that from birth. They probably gave I, him I, one. right, yeah. but, but he looked like a clean-cut guy in the 60s.
0: And he's still performing. He's,
2: yes. God bless him. Great guy.
0: See, I want to talk about something that the Minnesota likes as well, and that's uh, the Chanhassen Dinner Theater. We're chatting with Michael Brindisi, who's a creative, artistic director out there. And Michael grew up in Philadelphia, and I've told this before, and he's told this before, that... He was, in, when you see the Jersey Boys, which is on the main stage now, Michael was originally, as a kid, he was one of those kids. He was under streetlights in Philadelphia where he grew up, singing with his buddies a cappella out in the streets. And now when he has done Jersey Boys, he's done a lot of things. This one has taken on a special turn because this is kind of Michael's life, although it's about the four seasons in Frankie Valley, It's 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 unbelievable. You may recall when it came out on Broadway, it just was the thing to see. Well, this is spectacular, and you can see all the reviews. You don't have to take my word for it. So, that's on the main stage, but I get tickets now for that. Also, over on the concert stage, they have so many great concerts going on. <clears throat> we were just talking with Mary Jane Alm a few weeks ago on her 50th anniversary. And she'll be back for the Rumors and Dreams, the music of Fleetwood Mac with, with um, Pamela McNeil and that band. On Wednesday through Saturday, August 23rd through 26th. But they're also doing the, later they'll be doing the music of John Denver. They've got all sorts of uh, shows coming up. One that's going to be interesting is the songs about uh, Led Zeppelin. It's called The Song Remains the Same. And that's it. A- tribute to Led Zeppelin's music. They got a tribute to the U2 uh, Vertico album. They have a Joe Cocker tribute coming up in September. They have an Eagles tribute. That show is sells out like that, so I'd get those tickets right away. Music of Patsy Cline. So pretty much any kind of genre you like, they have it. I love the acoustics in that theater. I We really enjoy going over there. So go to ChanhassenDT.com, learn about it, and then also check out the uh, the Comedy Club, and also check out the restaurant over there, Brindisi's Pub. It's a great, it's really a f- super night out. ChanhassenDT.com. Mark Perkansky Matt Steichen have authored a book called Bob Dylan in Minnesota. Uh, before I let you guys go, uh, and I know we could go on a long time. <laughs> Matt, what do, we, what, what do you want people to know? What have we left out? What story would you like to share? Because I know you guys got a ton of them.
1: I've got a Bob Dylan, Willie Nelson story. <laughs> okay. that It, it might, uh, yeah, top most of them. Uh, So in 2004, I was kind of at the height of my Bob Dylan touring. I probably did 10 or 12 shows that year. I went to a show in Des Moines, Iowa and got in my car, drove through the night to Rochester, Minnesota for the next show, slept uh, outside first in line for the next show. Uh, About noon, the line starting to build up and about 75 feet back, I had been hanging out at the shows because of general admission, I'd been standing at these venues all day with, uh, you know, mostly adolescent men, aging hippies, <laughs> old deadheads, because the dead wasn't around, weren't, weren't touring at that time. Uh, And about 75 feet back in the line at about noon, this like tall blonde girl gets in line about 75 feet back. And I was like, wow, I didn't, you know, she's in her 20s, about my age. And I thought, wow, that's interesting. Like that doesn't look like the demographic for these shows. So I noticed her and, and that was that it was about noon. And I was like, wow. She's going to see a Bob Dylan, Willie Nelson show. That's pretty cool. You know, young person like me, not that many of us there. And, uh, you know, five hours later, you know, just a passing thought. Five hours later, the doors open and I had just ended my college track career. So I was like in the shape of my life. And it worked out perfectly because at these ballpark shows, it was the ballpark tour, summer ballpark tour. You had to run in through the gates, through the concourse, down the steps and a hundred yard dash across the baseball field to get in the front row. So I got a reputation as the guy who got the first. (laughs) I was on the rail in front of Bob every show. You had the good wheels. Yeah. Yeah. So I did that that day and I ended up in the front row. I got Willie Nelson's bandana that day. He threw into the crowd.
0: Oh
1: wow! Uh, After I got in there, still a couple hours before showtime, uh, this girl that I saw earlier filed in directly behind me. And so we were sitting there waiting for the show. And I was just like, so have you ever been to a Bob Dylan concert before making small talk? And she said, surprisingly. Yeah. Lots of times. And I saw him in Paris last year and I was like, (laughs) wow, that's really impressive. (laughs) And, and then she mentioned she'd seen Bob earlier that year in St. Paul and I had been at that show too. And I told her, well, I have a bootleg of that show. I can send it to you. Give me your email address. So after the show, she started to walk away and I said, Hey, remember I said, I'd get you that show. Can I write your email address on my ticket? And so I sent her the show and emailed her a uh, few times back and forth over the next eight or nine months. And then the next spring, a uh, Bob spring tour was announced and he was playing two shows in Milwaukee. So we both were like, Oh, I'm going to that show. Me too. And we met there and hung out for two days, pre smartphone, you know, sitting in line with people all day, mm-hmm. get to know them very quickly. Uh, talk about family, talk about jobs, all that stuff. So after that two days, we kind of really hit it off. Um, and so it's like, well, what's next? I don't know. You know, you live in Minneapolis in the cities and I live in, Iowa in the middle of nowhere. What's going to happen now? And and then Bob announced a summer tour, another ballpark tour with Willie Nelson. And so we met up again. I picked her up in Albert Lee and we drove to Cedar Rapids and then we drove to Schaumburg, Illinois, and then we drove to St. Paul and we went to more shows. And by the end of it, we're like, well, where does this leave us? Like, we like going to Bob Dylan concerts together. But like, are we only hitting it off because we like going to Bob Dylan concerts together? <laughs> or is there something here? Yeah. And so we had to do like a, a test run of like, well, let's try just like hanging out when Bob Dylan's not around, you know, see if there's something here. And so we ended up, you know, on weekends, just hanging out together. And then, you know, it, it worked out and we got married. And so we've spent the last 15 years going to Bob Dylan concerts together and And bringing bringing your boys, bringing our kids to Bob Dylan concerts. And that's actually how I got involved in the book, because KG had read this story online in a newspaper or something. And so he reached out and was like, can I tell your story in the book? And so that's how I ended up being in the book. He wanted to write a chapter about me and my wife. And then he was like, well, do you you want to write anything, too? And, I, and I'd been thinking about things I wanted to write about Bob Dylan in Minnesota for mm-hmm. many years. So I agreed to write something as well, but it all came from that story about meeting my wife. So, so yeah, that's pretty crazy. And now we've, you know, we've taken our kids to a lot of the locations in the book. So I actually had a bunch of photos from you know, Bob's spots in Hibbing to put in the book as well. So, so
0: that's- uh, And how know. about Duluth? Duluth as well? He lived in Duluth for a while? Right, yeah, until he was uh, six, years old? six years
1: old and then they moved up to Hibbing. And someone
0: lives in that house now, is that correct? The one that he grew up in? Or? Uh, a I mean, super I... fan bought both of his homes. Oh, really? A friend of both of ours uh,
2: bought both the Duluth home and the Hibbing home. And he's renovating them, making
0: them look like they did when Bob lived there. Oh, cool. I didn't yeah. know that. So no one lives in them right now?
2: Uh, no one lives in the Hibbing home, but the Duluth home is occupied on the lower level. Yeah, it's a duplex. It's and a there's duplex. Someone Bob living did on not the live down level. there. Uh, uh, he they always rented that part out. They lived upstairs at that duplex. Oh, okay. and right now the Hibbing home I is think not. I kind of know where that is. Yeah, it's on, uh, right off the. Uh, both of those pictures of both homes are in the books. They both got my mo- uh, plaques on them now because so many people drive by every day to to take pictures. Yeah, they can identify that they're at the right one. And this guy Bill Pagel is uh, a friend of ours. Is doing the wonderful job spreading uh, keeping them together, and he lets people see them and does tours privately and. Uh, keeping them up to, up to par. I mean, they're as famous as any other home. You know, Bob even likes to visit the other people's homes. Uh, John Lennon's he went to, the Beatles. Neil uh, Young. Neil Young. and, Neil Young and uh, Bruce Springsteen. Yes. So he was in all of their boyhood homes, the so same way the rest of the world wants to know where Yeah, it's kind of
0: cool to see where up. the inspiration probably came from. And, yes. And that sort of thing. When you look at that Hibbing
2: home, and then you, I've been to Hibbing, I mean, I'm a more Minneapolis-raised person, but that Hibbing home, and then you, a block away, a few blocks away is the high school, right? Yeah. It's the most beautiful high school in the country. It's better than the prettier than nicer than the Beacon Theater in New York. OK, and it was a few blocks away and he would leave that house and walk through the back door to get to school. I believe he went through the auditorium to get to class, didn't he? Somehow that side of it was there. And I remember that quote he said where he said uh, it was a good quote. He said, uh, See, performing in front of 15,000 people is nothing new to me. I used to lay in bed and dream about it every
0: night. Wow. <laughs> wow.
2: And that, you know, he got kicked out of the talent contest there at the Hibbing School and went on. He was doing Little Richard, banging on the piano and all that. But it's amazing. So the upbringing and the stillness there in Hibbing is just, you got to be creative to be there. Uh, Yeah. In in the winners.
0: Well, you didn't have a a phone to take away your (laughs) focus. You You had had no phone. You had good music and a different time period. How did Tulsa end up with the Dillon Museum?
1: Um, Well, I mean, it was basically purchased by uh, someone (laughs) uh you know who i guess they they wanted to bring culture to tulsa i can't remember the the name of the, the guy but uh you know it was basically a private business venture basically he bought the oh, stuff okay. and he put it there interesting and because the woody guthrie is already there bob you know thought well, it was appropriate that, that his collection sense, yeah. would yeah. reside next to woody guthrie's you've collection. spoken there haven't you i uh my lecture was approved but then i ended up doing duluth dillon fest keynote instead
2: so last wow. May he was there, and they have this big oh festival. this last May yeah, yeah they have a big Dylan Dylan yes yeah it's an eight nine days period and they do something every night they've been doing it for many years now and it's fun
0: oh gosh and and, and have, yeah he deserves at least that doesn't he yeah at so least they, that they, one. They, just interesting thank you uh, we're coming back with more here in just a uh, second I would say if you're late, thinking about expanding your business or you're gonna do some repairs at home this year. Star Bank, they're great. They're a Minnesota bank. We're talking about all things Minnesota here today, and boy, they started out in rural Minnesota. One bank, same family. Now they have 10 locations, including here in the Metro, second to none. uh, Home equity line of credit, thinking about that? They can do that. Home mortgage, they can do that. Business loan, ag operating, that's how they started. Equipment loans, um, camper, a lot of people do an RV thing now. They'll help you out with all that. But I'd encourage you to get your loan needs met at Star Bank. No red tape, really, it's pretty quick. It's family oriented. They know how it works with your family. By the way, you won't go into, the, you won't go into an automated phone response. They'll answer it. So that might catch you off guard. Not quite like Bo Diddley calling you at 2 in the morning, but a little bit when they answer the phone get, Oh, <coughs> excuse me. I didn't realize there was a live person. And when you go in the branches, it's a big deal to them to get to know you. I think what happens is you get to know them after you leave the bank. Starbank.net. They're really fun to deal with. They're good at what they do. Loans are subject to a loan application or approval. Remember, FDIC, an equal housing lender. All right, we're talking with uh, Matt and Mark here on uh, Bob Dylan and Minnesota's The Book. Okay, now, Nobel winner. I want to ask Nobel you this prize. before before you guys go, uh, yep. I'm, and I apologize for keeping you maybe too long. I don't know what you got cooking. No problem. We're enjoying ourselves tremendously, yeah. Dave. But one of the you don't things... Don't have to twist my arm to talk about Bob Dylan all here. Yeah, Well, it, it's, we're humbled to have <laughs> you.
2: The, I grew up Dave Lee in the morning. You know, I listen to it. I mean, it's a legend, right? <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I got a big concert. I used to love you, the concerts. You, you're a legend. So you didn't, didn't get a lot of sleep, but loved going to the concerts. If you could, you two guys are uh, independent. Now, you got to do a, put on a show at the Old Met Center. All right? Mark, that's where yours is going to be, the Old Met Center. Matt, you got to put on a show somewhere. Maybe it's in Duluth. But who are the three, alive or dead, who are the three performers that you're going to book to be on that show? Out of curiosity. It's a tough question. I think I know one of them. Bob Dylan, both but, of us. But but who else would you have on the on the Two bill? others we each get. Yeah, who would you have? They have to be alive
2: because we would do it today. No, no, no. They wouldn't have dead. to be alive. Go ahead, Matt. <laughs> That's a, you it. You got to We only got to come up with two and do it. You know, <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: I, I mean. It's hard. My, that is hard. My musical taste is way too Bob heavy, probably <laughs> for most people. But the other two I listen to probably are mostly Warren Zevon and John Prine. Oh, great. Um, oh, yeah. But we'll if I had Warren to make Zivon. this magical concert happen, I would have Bob return to Hibbing High School.
0: Oh, what a, a good
1: show. Yeah, go ahead. So that, who, <laughs> That's it. Bob Dylan at Hibbing High School. One more time. But wow. you two other people
0: there. Can yeah.
1: I, if I can bring back John Prine and Warren
0: Zevon, sign those me up. Those three. Yeah. I, think, I, w- I think it would sell out. I think there'd be a lot like of people to, standing in line you know, for you know, those that tickets. Very
2: interesting question, David. I never even thought of this, but i think like to put Jimi Hendrix in there. Oh, Hendrix. <laughs> yeah, You'd so, have Hendrix, and who else? I'd put him right back. She, I, I, can, it, can it be more than three? How about <laughs> 20? Yeah. <laughs> No, you just <laughs> got to go one more. It's See, that's the hard part of this. That
0: is hard. And you know so many people.
2: I mean, we had some, yeah, Fats Domino, Little Richard, uh, Jerry Lee Lewis, Buddy Holly. Had he lived, he would have been as big as anybody. I mean, he was huge. Yeah. And is too young, we lost him. Yep. I'll put Buddy Holly, Jimi Hendrix, and Bob in a concert. Oh, oh yeah. man, I want
0: to go to yours now.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's what I would do. I would to,
0: to add on to yours. Because you, I know a lot, but... To go, I won't go in the sports world for just a second. So you made me think of this, Matt, as you mentioned that. Here's what I think the National Hockey League should do. They should have their all, outdoor winter game on, uh, on the Canadian-Minnesota border, on a frozen lake. Nice. Limit the fans, limited seating, big ticket, and your performers. Undoubtedly, you'd have to have Bob Dylan. But what you could do is the night before... At Hibbing High School, have the <laughs> Dylan concert, and then everybody gets bused back out to the to the game. And for TV, can you imagine that the, that game on TV? How beautiful that would be! Sitting half of the rink is in Canada. Yeah, half of the rinks in the USA in Minnesota. What a dream! Yeah, that that. So, so I want to add to the Dillon concert, if we can get that hockey game set up, Gary Bettman, if you're listening, honestly, this is a great and, – and Matt, you're a marketer. You could market this thing.
1: Well, it's only 1,800 seats in Hibbing High School, so that would be a tough ticket. Yeah. We, we could do it at the Duluth Armory also, which they're renovating. And as part of that renovation, uh, part of the stipulations of that project is to also have those Hibbing and Duluth homes that we talked about be registered as historic places. Wow. They'd be preserved permanently. So. Let's yeah. have it. We could have the concert at Duluth, and we get a few more seats in there.
0: I like eighteen hundred, and I'd like them paying. You know, if, if the price you're paying for concert tickets right now, you'd probably double that. It' great. Troubador tales from Duluth, Hibbing, and
2: Dinky Town concerts. Put together your own concerts. Well, I, I got to tell you, <laughs> the, yeah.
0: the book has it has to be a labor of love for you guys. We had
2: fun. It took about fifteen months to production and we had a good time. It's we're first time authors at this, by the way, both of us.
0: Yeah. But your knowledge <laughs> yeah. bank is, is so we were, hand-picked. he was wise to it, go to you.
2: Yes. Keith was, he panpicked us. He researched us. I don't know how he found us and he did, but we're the two of the, the twin cities that he wanted to help write this book. He didn't want to visit here. And we worked, worked on our chapters and the publishing company McNitter and grace really gave us free range to do what we wanted you. I was a little nervous sending it in. Hey, is it going to come out? you all it re-edited nothing. They were wonderful people and took our work just the way it was you in my experience
0: you were at Barnes and Noble talking and yes. one guy came up and he he looked at you and he said you know you look like Bob Dylan
2: <laughs> I said that's all my mom's fault <laughs> I'll say it again
0: <laughs> I see he was just he was just eyeing and I you said you
2: listen to somebody long enough you start looking like them <laughs> 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 or maybe Bob goes I don't know whose kid he is all right I don't know I slept <laughs>
0: <laughs> hey great having you guys here wonderful to i be hope here. we visit again somewhere along the line it's a pleasure and an yeah, honor absolutely. to be here dave oh
2: best man. wishes to you on your uh, podcast this is a wonderful thing we'll come back as you could do another one my favorite album or my favorite anything in music okay. but well, thank you you, you guys thank are
0: you. booked i'm thank you. booking you Oh yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. Man, let's yeah, talk yeah. about your podcast. Yeah. I mean, it's
1: not too dissimilar from what this is. And it was it was kind of a COVID project because I found myself with a lot of spare time. Yeah. And you know I'd been sitting in general admission lines with fascinating Bob Dylan fans for 20 years. And I always thought, man, if I would have had a, a camcorder for those last 20 years, oh. so many interesting conversations with interesting people who dedicated their lives to seeing Bob Dylan live. And so once COVID hit, I thought, well, everybody's getting Zoom now. I can have some of these conversations. So, yeah, it's called The Bobcats, a Bob Dylan fan podcast with emphasis on the fan, because it's really about Bob Dylan fans, about how they discovered his music, uh, their experiences with live shows. And, you know, you find such deep answers because... Bob really, you have to go out and find Bob. He's not most people don't just say, oh, I heard him on the radio and my friends listened to him, so I liked him. It's more like I had an uncle or a cousin or a friend who who's the hit said his music meant so much to them and they recommended him to me. Uh, you know, or I was having a tough time struggling with something in life, and I heard something in his music that I could relate to that helped me get through tough times. So there's just really powerful experiences people have with his music. So I try to you know tell those stories on the podcast.
0: Oh, that's great. I still I'm still thinking about the first time I heard Lay Lady Lay, and I just went, Wow! I just or the first time I heard tangled up in blue. Yeah. I mean, something about the stop. Dylan songs where you just stop and go. Holy smokes! Yeah. There's a lot there. Out there, thank you, Dave. Well, thank you, guys. What's next? There's a movie coming yeah, out, isn't there? There's
2: a movie coming him, and we'll have more stuff coming out. We're going to be maybe at Wolf Park doing a little thing coming up next for us, but
0: that might not be. Uh, yeah, we're, uh, we're,
2: we're going to keep promoting. We've done uh, yeah. some several things, been on some television shows, and uh, we'll keep running for Bob. What's next for Bob? There is a no. Movie what's next up. for you guys? There is a movie coming out for us. We may be doing something at uh, in St. Louis Park uh, at a, a show there, uh, and we may have a singer. With us, local guy, Dan Israel, maybe singing some Bob songs with us. Another guy loves Bob, and thank you.
0: Mark and Matt, good luck. Uh, I hope to see you again. Maybe we'll see you at the baseball field sometime there, man, now that you're busy coaching and taking care of all of that stuff. Uh, But I appreciate your time. It's called Bob Dylan in Minnesota. The book's awesome. It's available Anywhere, so you can go Amazon or go to the Barnes and Noble. Electric or it fetus, might be. Has electric it oh, electric fetus. Yeah, <laughs> that's a name, but that's you're... a good history for you too. They having
2: having yes. Oh yeah, a lot of trouble keeping it in stock. So the copies are now in. If you're local here in Twin Cities, Electric fetus and Barnes and Noble, Minneapolis only has them. The other stores do not have them in the store.
0: Electric fetus is, is legendary, it. isn't it? Really legendary.
2: Yeah. I love that place. Fifty-five yeah. years.
0: Well, thank you guys good for coming. Feedback's always good. I appreciate Absolutely. that. Thank you. And I promised you'd be out in about 45 minutes. I think I may have extended that a little bit too long. But... <laughs> hey, thanks, folks, for tuning in. Uh, and we appreciate Mark and Matt's time. Is there a website?
2: Yes, magicmarkproductions.com. Uh, we're both on Twitter. I think Matt likes to be where Matt, where do you want to be found?
1: Yeah, Twitter, Matt underscore Stike. And I just pretty much post about Bob Dylan. So that's about it.
2: Yeah.
0: It's all brought to you today by Minnesota Propane Association, by Starbank.net, by the Chanhassen Dinner Theaters, by our friends at UCARE, and by Aquarius Home Services here from the AquariusHomeServices.com studio. Davide, thank you for putting it all together as always. Uh, Dave here, and we're back next week on my first concert.